Hello and welcome to Confessions of an Aging Ingenue. I am your aging ingenue, Jenny Tooley. I'm so excited to have you here today. We are going to get started here in a minute, but first I want to extend a personal invitation to you to join us in the confessional Wednesday nights, first Wednesday of the month. Check it out at JennyTooley.com. You might even end up in the confessor seat. Okie dokie, here we go. Hey everybody, it's Jenny Tooley. How are you guys today? Welcome back to the podcast. I just uh, got back from Women Texas Film Festival where we premiered Stuck was awesome. They took great care of us. If you're a filmmaker, I definitely suggest getting involved with them. Um, their, their volunteers rocked. Everybody rocked. Thank you so much. And uh, we had some great interviews with C-League Film News, uh, great Q&A after the movie. Lots of our people showed up. It was fantastic. If you want to see some pictures, you can go to our Facebook page, which is... Um, Stuck Film Texas. If you do do the little facebook.com backslash, you'll do Stuck Film Texas. Sorry, there's a little cat over there banging around. He's having a great time. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. Um, you can also go to my Patreon page if you are not already there. Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com backslash Jenny Tooley. And I did a. Um, wrap up every day for the festival all five days so you'll get some little behind the scenes footage of not footage but blogging I guess of uh, my festival experience and lots more pictures so you can check those out there today today we're going to talk about now remember this is uncensored unedited it's just me and iPhone in my apartment with my kitty cats so you never know what might pop up here. Um, today, however, I know exactly what we're talking about. Have I told you about the time that I was on a filmmaker's roundtable at Women Texas Film Festival and John Wildman asked me what it was like to transition into salesperson for my movie? Yes, the role of salesperson for my movie. So all of those other things I've already done were not enough. Salesperson is now the next step. And as he was asking me this, I laughed. I, I laughed. I laughed. I was really exhausted. It was Sunday morning. I'd been there since Wednesday. We still had not premiered the film that was happening that night. I was just like, I can't even think. And this is not the question I thought I was going to be asked today. <laughs> I'm really grateful that he asked it, though, because what it did for me is it absolutely galvanized the fact that I am the salesperson for the movie, and I have been for quite some time. It just turns out that I'm selling something different now. Now I'm not selling a concept, and I'm not selling just Jenny Tooley. That's what I was selling before. Before, I was absolutely selling... Jenny Tooley and this concept I had. Not an easy sell, let me tell you. Um, and I was doing all those pitch videos. I was raising money. I was doing Kickstarter campaigns. I was doing pitch parties. I was talking to people about why they wanted to work on the film. Absolutely a sales position, right? Also a marketing position. So I've been in sales and marketing now, solidly, for the last four years. 
<laughs> and I had to continue to sell the film every time I needed something. Every time we'd get to post-production, something I needed, you know, I'd have to be get, like, okay, now we have a, an unfinished product I'm selling you. Come on, guys, you want to pitch in and give me money for my unfinished product? So the difference now is that I have a finished product and I'm selling a finished product to a different audience. Actually, I'm still selling to the same audience, but it's a different audience. Now, I sound like I know what I'm talking about, which I kind of do and I kind of don't. Um, sales is not my deal. I was raised in a household where sales were not not positively viewed. <laughs> the car salesman, anytime we went to buy a car, that car guy, he was out to get us. He was slimy. He was going to screw us over. So I grew up with shame around sales and marketing. What I've learned in the last few years is I'm absolutely, uh, I have skills and talent in that area, but I didn't know it and I didn't want to um, grow them because I had shame that I was good at that stuff. Ooh, yeah, those core beliefs are coming in there, aren't they? Yee, boy. Now, I didn't even know that these were in here until a few years ago, and doing stuck has actually been one of those processes where I had to heal that. I knew that in order to get the movie made, there were certain things I had to do, and those things were to sell my movie. So I had to do a lot of work around those. Um, uh, if you're interested in what I did, I mean, it was years of work, and I'm still still clearing out those beliefs in me that say I'm not good enough. Um, I don't have a, a good product. I need to be shame. I need to feel shame about asking people for help or money. Um, and I can't sell my services at the rate that they, that, that they're worth. Like I need to give away my services and my movie and everything else because I don't have value, you know? So I've been doing a lot of work around money. Um, I didn't really realize I've been a salesperson for a very long time. I hated selling Girl Scout cookies. Oh my God, I hated it. It was horrible. So I definitely thought I sucked at sales because I never won any of those prizes. But I also didn't think I believed in the product I was selling. Um, and I didn't know why I was selling them. Like I thought I was selling them for the prizes. And, and for me, I I'm not motivated in that way. It seems like for me, I have to be motivated like in a service way or a purpose way to do something. So um, I've started understanding I naturally do have the ability and I'm really good at selling things. I did that. Um, I started learning that a number of years ago when I uh, started making these mantra scarves. I was knitting these crazy scarves, and with every knit, I would say um, a mantra. Like, I'd repeat a word or phrase, like, you are loved, you are loved, you are loved, so that when the person put on the mantra scarf, they were surrounded with love. Now, I would go to these little arts and crafts home things that my friends would hold because I had a lot of crafty friends at the time. And during the holidays, they would ha open their houses and all these friends would come in and buy stuff. I rocked at selling other people's stuff. I would pick up the little card somebody had made. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cute. Have you seen how this is? And the person would walk out, you know, with a pile of cards. I did not sell my own stuff that way until... I got really hungry 
couldn't pay my electric bill the last time I was living in Austin. And a friend of mine said, you make really good baked goods. Why don't you sell them? So I created Tule Box Sweets. I did all the promotional stuff and all the marketing for it. Did all the packaging. Um, would hold house parties and do an online group and all that, all that stuff. And I did quite well considering I was just selling out of my home, but I couldn't make it to the next level. Like I was supposed to be like, you know, really rocking this and making like, I don't know, a fully self-supporting wage all year long, not just during the holidays. So every time I was doing well with selling something, I would beat myself up because I had not accomplished that success that I had expected. My success levels are stupidly high. Like my metric for success is so high that there's no way I could ever get there. So it always turns into catch 22. No matter what my efforts are going to be, I'm always going to fail. So I'm starting to learn to bring those metrics down and to get that success definition in my head changed up so that I can actually succeed and I'm not always a failure because every time I have a failure, it just proves to me I have no value and I'm not worth anything. So with the movie, um, the only thing that, that I think has kept me going and continuing to be the salesperson, because I hate walking up to people and talking to them, <gasps> Oh, it's so hard for me. I'm not the person that's going to walk up to you, shake your hand, and give you give you my card. And and that's okay. I've tried to force myself into doing some of that, and I tried to do that at Women Texas Film Festival. I was like, this is so wrong. This is not how you do things. And it's not any core belief or anything. It's just not how Jenny is. Jenny does really well not at the party, handing out her cards, and talking people up. Jenny does really well when she is sitting... Somewhere alone um, with a few other people and ends up talking to, you know, the least likely looking person in the room, like the least shiny person in the room and finds out that they have some service or money that nobody else expected that they would have. <laughs> like That is kind of the story of how I rock at sales. So I think I need to respect that from here on out. Um, and I'm going to tell you how that works with uh, film distribution here in just a second. So with film distribution and selling, there's a process in making a film. Development, okay, so you have an idea, you write your script. You get some of your people on board. Pre-production, you get your team together, we're going to start the machine running. Production, we run the machine. That means that we're going to get our cameras out, our lights out, our sound out our art and everything else and we're going to shoot the movie we shoot the movie it everything is in the can or on the hard drive and then we get to post-production that's where we mess around with all the sound and the music and the color and anything that we need to sweeten up that we couldn't do on the set right and then we're done with the movie quote done with the movie now if you are a movie that is an easy sell, like a horror movie, you probably already have a distribution deal in place or a studio or somebody who has invested a lot of money in you, given you money to shoot with, and they are ready to distribute your film. Sometimes it works that way. Sometimes they didn't put any money up front, but they're already signed on to be your distributor. What is a distributor? So films don't magically appear in 
theaters across America. I always love it when people ask me if we're going to show at the AMC theaters down the street. I'm like, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, some companies put movies in theaters. And there are different kinds of distribution. So you have a wide release, and that's like the big movies that you see in all the theaters everywhere, right? Then you have like the art film distribution. Those are the smaller indie movies that you'll see at your art film houses. Um, then there now we have online streaming. So there's anywhere from Amazon and Netflix, which are the big, we're going to call them studios because they actually are studios now. Studios, studio distribution points down to small little um, streaming platforms that are kind of niche-based, right? Then you have cable. There might even be such a thing as free TV still. So there are all these different places, and there are all these dis different distributors specializing in these different things. So you might have multiple distributors for your movie. Like I get residuals for movies that I've been in from sometimes a couple different companies, depending on where it ran, whether it was on TV or in the theater, etc. So those distributors, if you already have one in place, you're, you're like, that's going to attract investors. People are going to be like, oh yeah, she's already got a distributor. We know the movie's going to make money. If you have a movie like a horror film that is simple to comp out, like you can go say, hey, this horror film is going to be like that one, that one, and that one. And those three grossed $50 million. Then you can say, all right, you know, we're going to budget this horror film out for this amount of money so that we know that you're going to reap the rewards, the financial rewards in this amount of money. So if I only spent $5 million making my horror film and the comps are 50, then I can tell my investors, oh, hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to rake in $45 million, something that you get the idea. These are just random numbers, by the way. So with stuck, I wasn't able to do that. And that's, that's an investor's nightmare, which is why I did not go to investors. Cause I couldn't say, Hey, here are all the comps. Here's the marketing plan. Here's a distribution plan. I can not guarantee you're going to make your money back, but I can kind of guarantee it. it's like a business plan for a movie, right? We didn't have that. So now I am floating around and that is why I am the salesperson for the movie. The movie has not been sold yet. Now, my goal is to find sales agents first and see if I can get a sales agent to sell our movie because they know what they're doing. I don't want just any sales agent who's going to throw us into a catalog of a bunch of other films and not really sell us. But I also have to say our film is a very specific kind of film. It's going to take some creative thinking to find the places where this film lives. So with sales... I have to think about who my audience is. What are their pain points? How do I find that audience? And what I've had to do this last couple of weeks is really downsize this idea I had. Somewhere in my brain, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to get on the festival circuit. We're going to be at a lot of festivals. And like thousands and millions of people are going to see this movie and da 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 da. And now I'm going, wait a second. No, I need to know my product millions of people aren't going to see the movie right now. <laughs> I don't know. Over time, maybe. I don't know. But right now, no. 
we're not going to be in a wide distribution around the world. We are not, our audience, as I am slowly discovering, is not the Oscar award-winning audience. Like the Oscar, the Oscar people, not going to be digging on our movie. Um, the like studio set, really not even going to be digging on our movie. We are in a very interesting niche um, that I'm still trying to discover that has to do with art films, movie lovers, and possibly some type of outreach. And when I say outreach, I'm talking about <coughs> the way a lot of documentaries work is they go through outreach platforms. Um, and if the movie's about, say, Alzheimer's, then you can do outreach through associations like nonprofits. Nonprofit organizations will pick up your movie and pay you to come and talk about it and show it and all that stuff. Our movie doesn't quite fit in there either. It's not a medical movie. That was made really clear at Women Texas Film Festival. Um, the Methodist Hospital had the option of picking up our movie to play as part of the day of all the medical movies that were being shown through the festival. And they chose not to because they said it's not a medical movie and it doesn't, it's just, it's a movie with a twist and we're not going to have a specialist talk about it. Fine. That was really helpful to me. It also meant that we got to open in the Texas theater instead of the auditorium of a hospital, which was fabulous. So getting clarity on that, you know, what is my product and who is my audience is, is where I'm at right now. Doing research, talking to other people who have had problems on the festival circuit. You know, I'm halfway through my submissions and we've been rejected by half of them. It's not looking good, folks. <laughs> I haven't talked to a number of other people who have had the same problem with very nice, wonderful independent movies that even have recognizable stars in them. This is not an uncommon problem. So I'm going to talk to them and find out what they did. I also know a guy who totally skipped the festival circuit, went straight into the theater. Um, he basically did this thing called Tug, where um, you have to have a, this company sponsors you. You have to have a certain number of tickets sold, and if you sell that number of tickets, you will be screened at a movie theater like the Angelica Theater in Dallas or um, New York or... They're, they have deals with certain theaters, but you have to bring in your audience. They don't publicize it. So he did a couple of those, got a lot of people to back the movie on social media, um, and put it straight through Amazon. Now, his is a horror film, so, you know, that's a much different thing than what I'm doing. But I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to uh, somebody who does... Um, consulting for film festivals her rate is quite high for us so i'm not sure if the cost benefit on that is going to be worth worth getting her um one hour of time but i'm looking into that and uh that's what i have to do now i also need to lower my metrics here so what do what do i what did i need to do well, what has gotten me through this whole process is making an amends to myself. So what, what is it that will make me feel like I have accomplished something rather than continuing to feel like I have failed? 
And I decided the other day, finding a sales agent who can rep the film well and getting us some form of distribution would be enough for me. We don't have to show in every Alamo draft house. I just want the film to be well-placed and for people to have a place where they can go and watch it. That's really the key. I would love to be in a movie theater, but it's only there for a little bit. So these online platforms are really kind of great. I'm leaning towards self-distribution right now, and we'll see where we go. So yeah, I'm currently the salesperson for the movie. Um, If there's somebody else out there that loves our movie, loves doing sales, knows this industry, please give me a call. You know, find me on Facebook, jump jump in and talk to me (laughs) because I do not love this stuff. I do not love it. I'm doing it because I need to and because I have a responsibility to myself in the movie to do it, but that's it, y'all. I'm not a lover of this stuff. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I feel like there was something I skipped over. Um, Yeah, I think just finishing, being able to round this off so that this part of my life and this part of my growth is complete (laughs) and we can move on to the next project and um, put some energy there and do something new. That would be great and fun. So there you go. That was the time that I was sitting on the filmmakers round table at Women Texas Film Festival and John Wildman asked me, how is it to be making the transition to salesperson for your film. And I talked to him later and he said, this is a really important question for filmmakers because what filmmakers, indie filmmakers, particularly at our budget level, don't understand is that they're going to be the salesperson for their film. Yeah. There you go, guys. Oh, and he told me I was doing a good job. Yay. Okay. I will talk to you later. Love ya. Thanks for being here with me today. I'm Jenny Tooley, your host. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about today's episode, so please comment, review, follow, subscribe, all those things that keep our podcast thriving. Until next time.